Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz. I don't remember what happened previously on this show, Lou. Start the thing, will you? Start the thing. Read the copy. Hello, everybody. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm Lou Katz. Yes. Former legendary oh, Washington, no, D.C. radio are. voice. You still are. And yes. now, ladies and gentlemen. Where are we? The Katz Podcasting System oh. presents... At the movies Sounds with so Arch official. Campbell mm-hmm. and yours truly. Please, without any delay, welcome America's oldest and yes, crankiest movie <laughs> reviewer, yes, Arch Campbell. Here we are, Arch Campbell and Lou Katz back <laughs> together for another show. It seems to me like it's been a long time since we did one of these podcasts. It's been a few weeks, I think, and maybe or uh, mid July, possibly. A little yeah. vacation and yeah. you know, little procedures here and yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. you know, now yeah. we're we're back, we're back. So I've been thinking about the show. I want to start by calling what we do to begin with shout outs. Oh, yes, let's do them. Let's shout out to things we like. Okay. Uh, and I read in the paper today Did you ever go to a movie at the Biograph Theater? Oh, no. Man, if you I did, it was. I remember it back in Georgetown, right? It was, it was, uh, it's a CVS now. <laughs> That's right. Was, was it was it just above M? Yeah, it was on, on Wisconsin Avenue. It was right? on M Street. Oh, it was on M. Wisconsin That's and uh, the you know the west end of town. Right. Uh, the the staff there made a montage of movie posters, and you would go down this hall to go to the John, and the whole hallway was this montage on uh, you know plyboard. No kidding. Anyway, uh, the biograph closed. 30 oh, yeah, years ago, years forever. ago, they they found the montage and it's on display at the AFI in Silver Spring. Wow. They, they And I, that guy used to call me when I was at Channel 4 and say, uh, come on, come on, help me. I want you to do a story on the montage. I might have even done a story on, on the montage and that it couldn't find a home, but it's found a home at the AFI. And I, speaking of the AFI, I love their big silver theater Big house was a big old sure. movie theater the in the 30s, and they've renovated it. Right. And I went back for a second viewing of Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you've got to see this movie. I know. You've got to see it. It's set in 1969. At the end of this podcast, we're going to run a segment of the film. It's There are several scenes of Brad Pitt driving a Cadillac Coupe de Ville with the windows down through 1969 L.A., listening to the radio and the music of that era. Mm. And, you know, this is this is our life. This oh. is this is what you and I remember. Sure. Uh, so uh, for that alone, I love Once Upon a Time <laughs> in Hollywood. I just thought it was great. I hope you go see it. Has a typical Tarantino feel to it? It's a buddy movie between... Um, uh, Leo DiCaprio, right. who's kind of a Western television star whose career is fading, and uh, Brad Pitt is his uh, stuntman, his stand-in, and Leo has lost his driver's license, so Brad has to drive him everywhere <laughs> because he's a drunk. That Not Brad, but Leo. And it's about making movies at the end of the 60s, and the beginning of the 70s. And the undercurrent is the uh, Manson murders. 
but it's this kind of joyful buddy movie, and they're having all these wacky uh, experiences, and then you see the Mansons, and you think, how is this going to end? Yeah, how's how's the tie-in? I guess we got to go see it to find out. I don't want to reveal too much, except just to say that Tarantino writes an alternative history, which is a scream-out-loud rush. Huh. So... Oh, okay. I got a couple other quick shout outs. Go ahead. Uh, Aquafina. You know Aquafina? Sure. Yeah. I didn't even know who she was. I thought she was a comedian. <laughs> she, I've, I looked her up. She was a rapper. Yeah. Internet and star. I, I had no idea. Yeah. But uh, she starred in Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians. And she's in this little movie called The Farewell. And it's delightful. She's a delightful actress. So I want to give her a shout out and tell you. Uh, you can't do much better than seeing The Farewell. I thought it was terrific. I, it's a more dramatic role for her versus the other two, right? It's kind of uh, semi-funny and semi-dramatic. They hmm. go to China to visit their grandmother because they, the grandmother is uh, terminally ill. But no one can tell the grandmother. And Aquafina, because she's the most Americanized, they're right. afraid she'll let it slip. And that's the tension. And it's quite a good movie. Oh, you got anything else? I saw a documentary called Mike Wallace is Here that I will review this week on Hound Radio. It's uh, footage of Wallace from the 50s through the 2000s, the year he uh, he retired, what, toward about 29, 2009, something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And it's just fascinating. And it's just a reminder that there's nobody like Mike Wallace on television anymore, and uh, I highly recommend it. I just loved it. Well, you know, in in his heyday, when you heard the words or you spoke the words, Mike Wallace is here, everybody right. turns around and ran because <laughs> they knew what that was about. <laughs> 60 minutes in the crew. There's one little <laughs> clip where he and the crew burst into the office of some guy doing, you know, terrible things, and the guy says, oh, hey, it's uh, 60 Minutes is here. It's that guy from, so what's your name? And the guy, and Wallace says, Mike Wallace. <laughs> Other thing about uh, the, the footage of Mike Wallace is the voice. You know, that staccato oh. cadence. Mm, yeah. And Imam, his words, not <laughs> mine. He called you a lunatic. <laughs> It's a reminder of sort of the history of television news and how much it has changed and what we have lost. There's no Mike Wallace today. No, there isn't. So check out Mike Wallace is here. You know, part of our shout outs on this podcast includes remembering celebrities who we like, who sadly are no longer with us. Who's joining us now, Arch? My dear friend Susan Wazena has covered entertainment for a generation as a senior critic at USA Today, and she's continuing that work at the website Gold Derby. And Susan, I consider you the dead celebrity bureau chief. Okay, I'll take that. (laughs) Well, let's start with Rip Torn. That one got my attention when he passed away early in July. Yeah. Well, he... um was one of these bigger-than-life characters all the time to me, like this, you know, manly man that ran the show. Manly. Well, and people, of course, remember him from uh, Larry Sanders. Right, right. That was his uh, his apogee, I guess. Yes, and he had the Emmy for that. But I really liked him in Men in Black, yeah. the leader of them. And his big, big line was, we're them, we're they, we are the men in black. 
Anyone who can sell that line is a good actor to me. So. He was a stage actor. Right. Kind of a Tennessee Williams guy. Right. And uh, right. he started getting attention when he made Cross Creek in 1983, which I just kind of foggily remember. Yeah, I barely remember, too. It was more about um, the writer of The Yearling. And, uh-huh. uh He yeah. was a... Neighbor, I think, but I don't recall that that much. <laughs> he, he got an Oscar nomination for that. I loved him in Dodgeball. Oh, yes. He would throw the wrenches. He would take on movies that others wouldn't, and two of them particularly are really in the Hall of Shame for me when, <laughs> when I had to review them. But one was Freddie Got Fingered with Tom Green. <laughs> Which apparently has become a cult film now. Of course it has. Certainly. And the other one was something called Jinx with Bette Midler when, you know, she was high in the rose and all that. Oh, I remember that. And it was just a god-awful film. And Ken Wall was in it. Apparently they didn't get along, and that was just part of the problem. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, God rest Rip Torn. He has the best redundant name ever for a star and he was married to geraldine page the great actress and i do want to add that uh when they were married together their mailbox said torn page right of course (laughs) certainly (laughs) now should we rutger howard did that get your attention he passed away remember he was in blade runner the uh, kick-ass android right well i'm a big paul verhoeven fan for the most part and he got his start. He was Dutch, and he got his start in his films. And he sort of was a bad guy, but he had a soul, you know? He's hard to love because he played so many bad guys. But he had, you know, his replicant, they all wanted to be human. And he, he said this little speech he made up for himself. He said, all the moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain, time to die and he did so and that was a big moment in that film you know that movie was not a hit when it first came out it's picked up steam since then so uh and true blood i guess we should mention a lot of people knew him from that but uh blade runner that's the classic right Uh, did you notice david hedison i did age 92 wow good for him july 18th he was on Voyage to Bamasi for like I think several years, and I don't think that was a girly enough show for me to watch. <laughs> but but I I love Vincent Price, and uh-huh. he was in The Fly with oh. David Hedison, and oh. he was his brother. Now when right away when your brother is Vincent Price in a movie, you're in trouble, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, the whole thing, The Fly was remade by David Cronenberg with new technology and things. But back in the 50s, they did this thing where, you know, you play God and you create a mutant version of a man and a fly twice. Of course. Because the fly got some human stuff and we had a big head and all that crap. And then the fly had a little arm, you know, had the head and, and yeah, it was a, a mess. In 1958, I want to tell you this, my mother gave me permission to ride my bike up to the Woodlawn Theater <laughs> and I saw the fly in first run. Wow. And all I want to say is, help me, 
help me. I was so freaked out by that. Well, I looked at the clip, and it, it just barely comes across as a half man, half, half fly. And then they squish a giant spider who's going to eat, eat him, you know. I don't know. It was less disgusting than the David Cronenberg one, so I'll give it that. <laughs> and, you know, just to conclude the Dead Celebrities segment, uh, I do think we need to mention Hal Prince, who produced or directed almost every great show on Broadway of the last generation. And I, it just seems to me like a lot of people are departing, yeah, and they're not uh, to be uh, replicated. A replay. Yeah. I mean... I, USA Day, I wrote Doris Day's obit like before I left a long time ago. And God bless her, they used it because she hadn't done anything except save a lot of animals in the meantime. And, you know, who's Doris Day now? I don't know. We'll have to look for and find uh, that person. I I always love talking to you, Susan. You were very kind to uh, call in. It, may I uh, anoint you the uh, Dead Celebrities Bureau Chief? Yes, anytime. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> really? I'll take it. I'll take anything, any honor. Hey, God, there she is, ladies and gentlemen. A big round of applause. Yes. Susan Wazena. Help me! Help me! Okay. The uh, Dead Celebrities Bureau Chief, and thank you for being here. And now, a break to remind you, this is the Cats podcasting system at the movies with arch campbell and lou Katz yes. and a cast of thousands mm. comes to you from an underground bunker <laughs> far beneath bethesda maryland Help. Help. The, the cats podcasting system is also the home of hound internet radio mm. please Bravo. give give hound yes. radio a listen <laughs> We need we need we need more floppy ears to be tuning in, and you can always find us at uh, houndradio.com. Oh, and when you good. get there, a reminder: you can download the free mobile app on Apple, and also now back available on Android too. Oh, so. good! Wow! And we have lots of contests and stuff mm. like that. We're giving away tickets to two concerts at a Jiffy Lube Live Great. in just a couple of weeks. Wow! We're talking about Brian Adams and Billy Idol. Together on August 12th, Monday, and then Wednesday, August 14th, tickets to see Santana. Oh. And on top of that, Santana mm. and the Doobie Brothers. Oh, my gosh. Houndradio.com. Wow. Just great. go by and click, I want to win. Yeah, love yeah. it. Oh, and by the way, we have an email address, don't we, here uh, at we this do. podcast? If you what want to reach it? Arch, it's really tough. Arch, <laughs> A-R-C-H, yes. at houndradio.com. That's arch at houndradio.com. He loves getting email. Now, later in this program, we're going to have Ask Arch because we're not getting any email. <laughs> and if you don't send us email, I'm going to make ours up. No, so, you yeah, wouldn't dare do yeah, that. Yeah, look at And you know, when you hear the sound of the chimes, just remember, that's the spot where we would put in a paid commercial. <laughs> so if you'd like to buy a commercial in this thing... Yeah. Bong, 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 bong. That means let's make some dough. We'll cut you a great yeah. deal. Send, send us an email. We'll cut you a great deal. Oi. <laughs> 
You're listening to At The Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands. Does anybody out there remember Mad Magazine? Lou, did you read Mad Magazine? No, I didn't read it. I just used to fold Uh. the back. (laughs) Because I always wanted to see what I'd get after I folded the back. (laughs) This month, the publishers of Mad Magazine announced they are not going to create any new material. Kind of like this podcast. (laughs) But they will every now and then publish a best of. The news reminded me how much I loved Mad Magazine when I was about 12. And thinking about being 12, it reminded me of one of my favorite funny guys. Let's bring onto the show Mr. Dave Nuttycomb. There he is. Dave, how are you? I'm keen. Delighted to be here. And we are happy to have you. And now let me tell the listeners that you're a founding member of the Langley Punks. You're a former comedy critic for the Washington Post and City Paper. And uh, I think you're the guy to explain to us what a world without Mad Magazine means. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take it um, away. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in grief. I'm going through the stages of grief. I don't know which stage I am now, but I think denial for sure. Um, <laughs> when did you first discover Mad Magazine? Well, this is um, one of my very earliest memories is uh, of lying on the, the living room floor and just paging through this magazine um, that my father had just given me, and just my parents were across the room and just listening to them kind of have this little argument, uh, uh, and my father saying, I thought Dave would like it, and it was Mad Magazine. My mother was you know, not entirely you know, thrilled that he'd brought this thing home for me, but uh, this is the one time the dad was right. You know, there was a whole spectrum of those kind of magazines. I remember I also read Cracked. Do you remember Cracked? Cracked, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, there, there were, were several, but Mad uh, outlasted them all and really was the the standard bearer. It it began in, uh, in 1952, uh, and it was uh, it really was kind of a, a, a shocking thing. It was kind of an underground comic before there were underground comics. Exactly, exactly. It was doing satire and parody, which which were sort of new in the culture, and then they were, you know, making fun of things that, you know, people just uh, didn't think should be made fun of. They started out, you know, getting, getting uh, you know, some famous people, uh, Stan Freeberg and Ernie Kovacs contributed mm-hmm. to it in the very early days. And, yeah, it kept it kept going, um, kept going and going. It, uh, it would not stop. Some people say that MAD paved the way for National Lampoon's magazine, and that paved the way for Saturday Night Live, and... And now we're where we are. It absolutely did. I got into a little Twitter dust-up with uh, Mark Fisher of The Post. Cause he, he posted that uh, MAD was uh, incredibly influential uh, you know, in the 1970s. And I made the point that uh, in the 70s, the National Lampoon kind of took over from MAD. MAD's more the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, and it really was um, influential. And But MAD, the sensibility was kind of... You know, that was your entryway into, uh, you know, this other world of, you know, making fun of the grown-ups. So it was like a junior high, high school kind of thing. You you loved MAD. Right before they announced that they were going to stop publishing, uh, uh, someone had compared Donald Trump to Alfred E. Newman, and a lot of people didn't even get the reference. And Alfred E. Newman was the character What Me Worry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how anyone... I, I thought everyone knew Alfred E. Newman. 
Um, I just remember the cartoons of Don Martin. Oh, yeah. And I had one where a guy gets flushed down a toilet, and I just <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing I had ever uh, seen. Right. I right. laughed and laughed, and, you know, and I was about... 14. Right, perfect age. So what is a world without mad like? What do we have to look forward to? Well, we saw it at the debates, and we're seeing it uh, with every uh, tweet from the president. That's what, you know, very, it's a, a grim, a grim future. Yeah, um, I kind of, you know, I kind of moved on to National Lampoon, so I, in the later years, I had sort of forgotten mad, but it uh, in kind of looking up, it it was still going. It was still you know making fun of all the the current stuff. I I, th I think you know the internet and and Twitter and memes and stuff is kind of where where Mad lives on now. Well, and I wanted to talk to you because you've always been kind of on the fringes anyway. <laughs> Let me mention your work with the Langley Punks. It came from Marlowe Heights and uh, Alcoholics Unanimous and all those hilarious movies you made and then you had quite a nice career uh writing about comedy at the post and at city paper what are you doing these days i'm uh, doing a whole bunch of uh you know freelance kind of this i'm i'm actually uh pondering exactly what my next crazy uh crazy thing is um so yeah i've been working on the the, the documentary uh, just you know writing writing scripts for i've written a couple of scripts for which i had i signed nda so i can't talk about it and I, I but which is but they're they're just these corporate things it's like well why do you, no one cares about this <laughs> <laughs> why why can't i talk about there's nothing to talk about it you've been working on a documentary on the old whfs underground fm station exactly because because it was really one of one of the absolute last uh of the progressive stations where you know the djs every dj would just program his own thing uh now you know there are no djs really it's just you know you just kind of an algorithm will say okay you're listening to this now no kidding dave and uh, uh, yeah uh, you know so it, it is you know a profile of a lost world i'm doing this pathetic podcast with <laughs> lou Katz, which makes right. it more pathetic uh, <laughs> and you know <laughs> there you so, go so keep in touch. I'd, ladies and gentlemen, our dear friend, yes. Dave Nuttycomb. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Mr. Humor here in Washington, D.C. Great talking to you, Dave. You're listening to At the Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands. And now, the moment you haven't been <laughs> yes, waiting for. Here it is. <laughs> It's time for Ask Arch. Oh, I remember that segment. Mm -hmm. The podcast feature that lets you, the listener, ask the questions. Mm -hmm. You, the listener. You, the listener. Yes, yes. And uh, I have our Ask Arch material right here. They're, they've been uh, sent to our post office box here at uh, the Cats Podcasting System. All right. Under it. it takes a while. Oh, this is yes. the first one. These this are, is actually legitimate. These are letters. Oh my gosh! Envelopes. All right. Who <clears throat> have we heard from? Uh, Godfrey Daniel. Godfrey Daniel. He's still of around. Of Skaggsville, Maryland. Oh, he lives in Skaggsville. God, yes, uh, gosh, yes. Godfrey writes. What does he want to know? Arch. Mm -hmm. It's been terribly hot this summer. Oh, you know, it has been an awfully hot summer. I have a pet. Pig, mm. and the heat has been really hard on him. Pet, well, you know, I had a pet pig years ago, and they don't like heat. 
Can you guess what he said to me the other day? I read about this in the paper because it was a talking pig. And on a hot day, the pig said, I'm bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Butter bing. <laughs> oh, leave a nice tip, please. That's ridiculous. All right, That's we continue with great. Ask Arch, yet you know, another authentic email. If you don't like <clears throat> this, you can write a- something funnier and I'll read it. <laughs> From a Mr. A. Kornheiser. I knew an A. Kornheiser. Where's he living these days? From Comb Over Beach, <laughs> Delaware. Comb Over Beach? Comb I know. Over that's, Beach. That's just that little strand of beach. Strand. In the Del Marva. A. Kornheiser writes yes, in and says, yes. Arch, mm. I have a riddle for you. He would, of course, wouldn't he? It's terribly hot here at the beach. Well, it's been a hot summer. Can you guess... How hot it is. Well, I read this in the paper the other day. At the Delmarva Beach, Comover Beach, it's so hot, you can't even make a chili dog. <laughs> That's how hot it is. Thank you, Mr. Kornheiser. Hey, Kornheiser. And we have one final one here on this segment where he's of, doing his podcast. of Ask Arch. He <clears throat> can rent this studio. Yeah, exactly. You know? He could. Yeah, we'll I, cut him a good deal. You don't want those guys. <laughs> There's Angus Lamond. Oh, Angus Lamond. He used to write my TV show. All Angus Lamond the fourth, by the way, oh, of Chevy well, Chase. Yes, yeah. The generations continue. He he writes, mm-hmm. This must be a record hot summer. Everybody is talking about the summer. The other day, <laughs> says Angus, the yes. other day I saw a fire hydrant doing something I never dreamed a I would fire see. Fire hydrant was doing something. Really? Can you guess? Arch, what I saw. Well, uh, this was in the paper as well. They had a whole section on how hot the summer has been. It was so hot, the fire hydrant chased a dog. (laughs) (laughs) And the fire hydrant caught the dog listening to Hound Radio. There you are. How do you like that for a a segue? great. (laughs) As we wrap up our first official Ask Arch on our podcast. That's right. And uh, listen again for Ask Arch. And listen again for our podcast. What We're on iTunes and iTunes, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, right. Uh, and uh, Hound Radio. Of course, Hound and Radio too. I posted on uh, Facebook. And uh, the, there's an Arch Campbell Show Facebook page. And it's there as well. So uh, look for us. I talked about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. And how much I loved it. And one of the things I loved about it is there are multiple scenes of Brad Pitt driving around the L.A. of 1969 in a Cadillac Coupe de Ville with the windows down. And he always turns on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the beat goes on. KHJ Los Angeles. 331 in Los Angeles. This is the real Don Steve. And you hear the music and you see the scenes of L.A. And it's kind of a celebration of radio and music and that mm-hmm. time. So we're going to end with this segment from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and we hope to we hope to see you next week. We'll be back with another podcast. Yes, we will. Thank you so so much for listening. Really appreciate it.
The Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands comes to you by way of the Katz Podcasting System. Katz, America's number one name in delicatessens, Broadway musicals, and podcasting. Bring a little love, baby. Get it out of that pantry. Break a Los Bravos. Bring a little love with your cupcakes. 334 at KHJ and the Real Downs Deal Show.